بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللحاضرين والمستمعين يقول الامام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته اداب المشي الى الصلاه وان هم رجلا وامراه وقف الرجل عن يمينه والمراه خلفه لحديث انس رواه مسلم وقرب الصف منه افضل وكذا قرب الصفوف بعضها من بعض وكذا توسطه توسطه الصف لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم وسط الامام وسد الخلل وتصح مصافة السبي لقول لقول انس سفكت انا واليتيم وراءه والعجوز خلفنا وان صلى قذبا لم تفسح وان كان المهموم يرى الامام او من وراءه صح ولو لم تتسل تتسل الصفوف وكذا لو لم يرى احدهما ان سمع التكبير بامكان بامكان الابتداء بسماع تكبيرك المشاهده وان كان بينهما طريق وانقطعت الصفوف لم يسمع واختار الموافق وغيره ان ذلك لم يمنع الابتداء بعدم النص والاجماع ويكره ان يكون الامام على اعلم المحمومين قال ابن مسعود لحذيفه الم تعلم انهم كانوا ينهون عن ذلك قال بلى رواه الشافعي باسناد باسناد ثقات ولا باس بعلو يسير كدرجه منبر بحديث سهل انه صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى على المنبر ثم نزل الاخر وسجد الحديث ولا باس بعلو محموم لان ابا هريره صلى على ظهر المسجد في صلاه الامام رواه الشافعي ويقره تطول الامام في موعد المكتوبه بعدها بحديث مغيره مرفوعا رواه ابو داود لكن قال احمد لا اعرفه عن غير علي ولا ينترك المحموم قبله لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تسبقوني بالركوع ولا بالسجود ولا بالانصراف ويكره لغير الامام اتخاذ مكان في المسجد لا يصلي فرضه الا فيه لنهيه صلى الله عليه وسلم ان ايقان كايقان كايقان بعيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين بلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على اصحاب محمد الذين امنوا به وجاهدوا وهاجروا معه اليه وجاهدوا معه وبعد حتى اعم نور الهدايه اكثر الارض فاللهم ارضى عنهم وارضهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في ذلك المحسنين الاقتداء بهم 
واهد الظالم المسلمين واحزي كل من يشناؤهم او يغضهم او يعاديهم رضي الله عنهم وارضاهم وبعد يقول شيخ الاسلام محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله عليه في هذا الكتاب للثمين اداب المشي الى الصلاه وان اما رجلا وامراه يعني الامام الذي يصلي باحد ان صار هو الامام وصلى معه رجل وغلام مميز وامراه وقف الرجل عن يمينه والمراه خلفه فاذا كان معهم غلام مميز لا صف خلف صف الرجل والغلام المميز والمميز من هو من اخمل سبع سنين وتبين انه يحصل المصافه والصلاه ثم قال لي حديث انس حديث انس رضي الله عنه يقول ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم دخل عن بيت ام سليم وهي ام انس وراغب انه يصلي في بيته يوم صلى وكان عندهم غلام شاب صغير وانس تجاوز العشر في ذاك التاريخ يمكن 12 سنه او اكثر بعد لان انس صار مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خادما له وهو ابن عشر سنين تم فيقول انس قمت انا والغلام خلف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والعجوز خلفا يعني الصف الثاني امراه فاذا كان الامام معه واحد او معه اثنان ان كان واحد صف عن يمين الامام وان كان معه اثنان صليا خلف الامام ثم صلت المراه خلفهم يعني صفا ثانيا ثم ذكر رحمه الله عليه قرب الصف من ينبغي للماموم للصف الذي يقتدي بالامام اذا لم يكن واحدا فقط وانما صف ان يكونوا قريبين من الامام بحيث لا يبقى بينه وبين الامام شيء سوى ما لو كان في ستره تضع امكن يعني يكون الامام المصاف والذي معه في الصف ما بينه وبين الامام الا ما يتسع للمصلي الامام يقول فقرب الصف منه افضل لا يصف الوحده الامام يكون بينه وبين الصف الذي خلفه عدد من الامتار عدد من الامتار لا يترك ما يتسع للمصلين خلفه بان يسجدوا بكل اطمئنان ثم قال وكذا قرب الصفوف بعضها من بعض يعني ينبغي للصفوف التي تكون خلف الامام الذي يعم الجماعه ان تكون متقاربه لا يكون بين الصف والصف ما يتسع لصف اخر لا 
وانما يسرق يسرقون ما بين كل صف والصف الذي امامه الا بالمقدار ما يتسع لمن يصلون خلفه في السجود قالوا كان حرب الصفوف بعضها من بعض وكذا توسط الصف توسطه الصف ينبغي الاجتماع في صفه اذا كان وراءهم عدد ان يكون على قدر وسط الصف يعني بحيث يكون ما عن يمين الامام بقدر ما كان عن يساره في هذه الصلاه لا يقول احدا مثل ايمن الصف ثم نكمل لا لابد من التوسط والاعتداء لقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسطوا الامام وسدوا الخلف يعني وسطوا الامام اجعلوا الامام على قدر وسطكم ولو فرض ان المصلين عشره صار الامام على قدر ما بين خمسه وخمسه بحيث يكون ما عن يسار الامام مساويا لما عن يمين الامام قال وتصح مصافه الصبي يعني المميز حديث انس وصافه انا والغنم خلف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والعجوز وهي ام انس خلفهم يقول صرفت انا واليتيم وراءه والعجوز خلفنا واليتيم يسمى يتيم حتى يبلغ السن البلوغ فاذا بلغ تجاوز اليتم صار من, من اسماء الرجال قال وان صلى فذا يعني لو صلى شخص واحد خلف الامام وليس وراء الامام بجنب الامام احد ما صحت الصلاه للمامور اذا راى رجل يصلي خلف الصف فامره بالاعاده وتصح مصافه الصبي الى اخره قال وان صلى فذا يعني فردا لم تصح هنا اذا دخل انسان والمسجد قد امتلعت الصفوف ولا يستطيع ان يتقدم ويصلي بجانب الامام ولم يجد احد يصافه ماذا يصنع اختلف العلماء في هذه المساله وقالوا لا يدخل لان النبي قال لا صلاه لمنفرد خلف الصف لكن اذا لم يجد مكان يصلي فيه ولم يجد احد يصفه معه ماذا يصنع الله جل وعلا يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول اذا امرتكم بامر فاتوا منه ما استطعتم وفي المساله خلاف الشيخ الاسلام بن يرى انه في هذه الحاله اذا لم يجد من يصافه ولم يجد وسيله تجعله مصافا لاحد ولا فرجه في الصف وانما يبقى بين ان تفوته الصلاة أن تفوته الصلاة وبين أن يصلي منفرد قالوا يصلي منفرد ولا شك أن هذا أقرب لما تدل عليه الآية والحديث
وإن صلى المأمون يرعى الإمام أو من وراءه صح يعني مطلوب بأن المأمون إذا أمكنه أن يرى الإمام فحسن فإذا لم يمكنه أن يرى الإمام لكن يرى الصف الذي خلفه أو يرى الصف الأخير من عشر الصفوف مثلا لا يرى إلا الصف الأخير ما دام أنه يرى المقتدين بالإمام ودخل معهم فالصلاة صحيحة قال ومن قال ولو لم فاتصلوا الصفوف يعني فرض ان الصوره لم تتصل لعدم تنظيم المسجد المبني او المكان الذي سيصلى فيه ما نظلم بحيث انه يتسع للصفوف على عدد الحاضرين فيصير صف قصير وصف طويل وغير ذلك المهم انه يسمع صوت الامام ويرى وإذا لم يسمع صوته ولم يره ولكن رأى الذين خلفه في بطل أو على قد يكون الصفوف أكثر من 100 صف فإذا كان يسمعون التنبيه والانتقال من ركن إلى ركن فالصلاة صحيحة يقول وكذا لو لم يرى أحدهما إن سمع تكبير قد بإمكان الاقتداء بسماع التكبير كالمشاعر وإن كان بينهما طريق وانقطعت الصفوف لم يصح إذا كان الطريق هذا طريقا عاما ليس من داخل المسجد لم تصح الصلاة وأما إذا كان لا الطريق الذي بين الصلاة المصلى المتقدم والمصلى الثاني إنما هو يمشي معه من يأتي من الصف هذا أو من هؤلاء إلى فالصلاة صحيحة فإن كثيرا من المساجد يكون فيها مقدمة تتسع لعدد من الصفوف تكون فيها مؤخرة تتسع لعدد من الصفوف ويكون بين هذه وهذه وإن كانت في سور واحد بينهما فضاء ما صار الناس يصلون فيه وإنما هو للداخل والخارج فالصلاة صحيحة. قال وإن كان بينهما طريق وقطعت الصوف لم تصح. أشار هنا إلى الموفق. الموفق ابن قدامة صاحب المغني والمقنع والكافي يرى أنه في هذه الحالة أن الصلاة صحيحة. وكلام صاحب المغني اقرب للصواب لانه ما دام انه يمكن الابتداء بالرؤيا او بالسماع صوت المكبر والجميع يكون مصلى واحد فالصلاه صحيحه ثم قال هنا ويكره ان ويكره ان يكون الامام اعلى مسلم من المغنمين لكن لما تكون هناك هناك حاجه لان يكون الامام يؤدي بعض الصلاه في مكان مرتفع ليراها البعيد في ذلك الوقت ليس عند الناس مخبرات تبلغ الناس فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
صلى بالصحابة في مكان مرتفع فإذا جاء وقت السجود رجع القهقرة على الخلف إلى أن ينزل للأرض ثم يسجد فإذا انتهى من السجود وأراد أن يعد الركعة الثانية صعد هذه الحركة صعود ونزول إذا كانت لمصلحة الصلاة ولتحقيق نشر إمكان الاقتداء فلا حرج فيها لأن يعني بعض الحركات كما سيأتي لو لم تكن في الصلاة ولو لم تكن لظروف قاهرة ما صحت كالحال في صلاة الخوف وتقسيم الصلاة كما سيأتي إن شاء الله ثم لنت ادفع الإمام مع إمكاني أن يصلي بالناس منذ لا يصح له فيما أشار عليه المؤلف رحمة الله عليه يقول يقول ابن مسعود لحذيفة ألم تعلم أنهم كانوا يكرهون ينهون عن ذلك قال بلى حذيفة رأى بأمهم فارتفع على مرتفع أمام المصلين فما كان من عبد الله بن مسعود إلا أن جر إزارة لما جر إزارة تذكر هو النهي فنزل وصار يساويه هو كان يقصد أن يكون أسهل للإقتداء لكن ما دام أنه سوف يحصل للإقتداء بالصوف الأخرى فلا حرج جرأه الشافعي بإسناده بإسناد الثقة قال ولا بأس بعلو يسير كدرجة كدرجة منبر صعده النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لحديث سعد أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى على المنبر ثم نزل القهقرة وسجد الحديث ولا بأس بعلو مأموم لأن أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه صلى على ظهر المسجد بصلاة الإمام كالحال الآن يكون الإمام في الحرم يصلي في مصلى الإمام يكون أرفع منه دورا كامل ثم دورا ثالث وقد يكون إذا كثرت الأدوار تفنكر من ذلك فالدين ولله الحمد يسر والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يسر ولا تعسر يقول ويكره تطوع الإمام في موضع في موضع المكتوبة بعدها يعني الإمام وغير الإمام ينبغي ألا يصلي في موضع صلاة التي صلاها مع الجماعة إلا إن تحول من المكان أو تحت تكلم وبعض الناس إذا سلم الإمام من الفريضة مجرد ما يسلم ينهض ويدخل بالنافلة هذا يكون مخالف لأمر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم معاذ رضي الله عنه صلى وصلى معه في المقصورة لما صلى المقصورة ما يصلوا مع الناس صاروا يخشون على أنفسهم قام رجل فصلى الساعة ما سلم صعد نهض وأدى نافلة فاستدعاه معاذ رضي الله عنه 
لما دخل داخل قتل قال ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهى ان يقوم المصلي اذا انتهى من صلاته لياتي بنافله وهو لن يتحول من مصلاه ولن يتكلم يعني بكلام لا يتعلق بالصلاه وكذلك الامام اذا سلم ينبغي لا يقوم مصلي في موضعه الا اذا سبح وهلم كما الى اخره قال لحديث المغيره مرفوعه رواه ابو ذر لكن قال احمد لا اعرفه عن غير علي المغيره ذكر هذا الحديث عنه فيه فاحمد بن حنبل قال لا اعرف هذا عن غير علي ما يعرف عن احد يعني كالمغيره لا شك ان علي أكثر صحبة للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من المغيرة ابن شعبة. المغيرة ابن شعبة كان واليا في عهد بعد وفاة في عهد عمر رضي الله عنه في العراق. قال ولا ينصرف المأموم قبل قبله يعني المأموم لا يجوز له أن يحرص على الانصراف من الصلاة قبل أن أما أن يسلم قبل الإمام فلو سلم قبل الإمام بطل الصلاة المأموم إلا إن نسري أو غفل أو نام صار ينعس فظن أن الإمام سلم فسلم والإمام لم يسلم فإن عليه أن ينوي الدخول ويلغي التسليم وإذا سلم الإمام يسد هو للسهو قبل أن يسلم قال ولا ينصرف اليوم قبل قبل اليوم لقوله لا تسبقوني بالركوع ولا بالسجود ولا بالانصراف. يعني الانسان اذا دخل ماموما لا يصح ان يركع قبل امامه. فاذا ركع ايضا لا ينهض قبل ان يسمع الامام قال سمع الله لمن حمده. قال كذلك لا يهوي ساجدا إلا بعد الإمام وكان الصحابة رضي الله عنهم إذا رفع النبي من الركوع سمع الله لمن حمده وقال ما يريد أن يقول من أكثر ثم سجد لا يسجدون حتى يصل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوجهه إلى الأرض يبقون واقفين حتى يبلغ الأرض وبعض الناس يستعجل مجرد ما يسمع الإمام تحرك للسجود قد يكون هو اسرع ما شاء قبل الامام فيسر قبل الامام ينبغي ان يحرص الواحد على تثبيت نفسه الا يسجد الا اذا تاكد ان الامام وصل وجه الارض سالما ويكره لغير الامام اتخاذ مكان في المسجد لا يصلي فرضه الا فيه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم البعير إذا عاد من المرعى لمكان المبيت يحرص على موضع معين لا يبرك إلا فيه فالنبي نهى المصلي أن يتخذ في المسجد مكانا لا يؤدي الصلاة إلا فيه يعني قد يكون عادة أن يجلس في طرف الصف من يمين ويسار فيحرص انه ما يدخل في هذا الموقع 
اتمام الصفلاتن وإذا أمكنك إذا كان تبعد عن الإمام عشرة أشخاص وأمكنك من الغد أن تكون أقرب إلى هذا فليحرص الإنسان على القرب من الإمام قال ويكره لغير الإمام اتخاذه مكان الإمام ما يكره لأنه يصلي في موقع التوسط أمام المصلين ومحله دائما منضبط لنهي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن ايطان كايطان بعيد الذي نهى فيما يتعلق عن ايطان بعيد وعن الالتفات كالتفات الثعلب وعن وضع الذراعين على العرض كجلوس الكلب كرمه الله جميعا فكل هذه الاشياء نهى من كلها شبهها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في هذه المخلوقات التي يعرفها الجميع فاسال الله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان يوفقنا جميعا لاحسان اداء هذه البريره والحرص على المحافظه عليها ما امكن وان يوفقنا ايضا للاكثار من النوافل بقدر المستطاع وان يحرص الواحد ان يتخذ جزءا من الليل يصلي به تهجدا وأن يحرص أيضا على استحضار ما يريد أن يسأل ربه تحصيله له والنبي أخبر أن كل ليل ساعة ليست طويلة لا يوافقها عبد مسر يسأل الله شيئا لا أعطاه ذلك كل ليلة وأقرب ما يكون هذا أن تكون في الثلث الأخير حين ينزل الله جل وعلا من السماء إلى السماء الدنيا فينادي هل من تائب إلى آخره فأسى الله أن يجعلنا جميعا من التوابين المستغفرين وأن يوفقنا لإحسان أداء هذه الفريضة والتخرب إلى الله جل وعلا بالنوافل والنبي يقول والله يقول في الحديث القدسي وما تخرب إلي عبدي بشيء أحب إلي مما افترضته عليه أحب الأشياء إلى الله أن تقرب إلى الله بما فرض ثم يقول في هذا الحديث القدسي ولا يزال عبدي يتقرب إلي بالنوافل حتى أحبه فإذا أحببته كنت سمع الذي يسمع به كيف يكون يعني معناه تكره أن تسمع كلام السيء أو أن ترهف سمعك الاستماع له الطرب والغيبة والنميمة تتضايق من هذه الامور. سمعت وبصره ويده التي تشبهها ورجله التي يمشي بها. يعني جميع جوارح العمل تكون متاثره بمحبه الله لعبده. فاسال الله ان يجعلنا جميعا ممن يحبهم الله جل وعلا وان يوفقهم لصالح العمل صلى الله على نبينا محمد. The Sheikh began in the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. All praises to Allah. We praise Him. We seek His assistance. We seek His forgiveness from the evil of our deeds. We bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone and He has no partners. For Him is the dominion and the praise and He is able to do all things. And we bear witness that Muhammad is a slave and messenger. 
the one whom Allah sent as a mercy to mankind, he gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, and he was sincere for the ummah, and he fought in the way of Allah, the true fighting. May Allah be pleased with his companions, those who believed in him, companions of the Prophet believed in him, and migrated with him, and migrated to him, and fought with him, alongside him, and fought after him, until the religion was spread in many parts of the world. May Allah be pleased with them, and make us sincere in our love for them, and make us sincere in our adherence to their way. And may Allah destroy those who uh, do not follow their way and those who hate them. Sheikh Muhammad, uh, Sheikh Al Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, uh, mentioned in his uh, precious book, The Etiquettes of Walking to the Prayer, that if a man leads. Now, if the Imam leads one man and a female in the prayer, if the Imam leads one man and the female, the man will stand beside the Imam. He will stand to the right of the Imam, and the female would stand on a second row behind them. And if it is that uh, there's a boy, the Sheikh mentioned it, he's going to mention it again later. Um, if it is that a boy is praying, then even the boy would stand beside the Imam, and if there's a female, she would pray at the back. And the Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala. So, for example, if the boy has reached the age of seven, and so he can pray beside the Imam. Then he went on, Habib Allah Ta'ala, to mention the and it's going to come as well, the hadith of Anas, where, um, now because of the hadith of Anas, which is a Sahih Muslim, and it's going to come. It's going to come, and that's the hadith where uh, Anas said that we prayed with the Prophet and the Prophet was praying in, in his home, and his mother was there, Um Sulaim. And Anas was a young boy. He there was a there was a young boy. There was a young boy, and there was Anas. And Anas had reached past the age of ten. Sheikh said, "Habib Allah because Anas had actually served the Prophet from the age of ten. So he was slightly past the age of ten. So him and the young boy they prayed one row behind the Prophet and behind them was Anas's mother, the old female. So there was the Prophet Sallallahu leading the prayer, and then there was Anas and this young boy behind the Prophet Sallallahu and behind the two of them was uh, the mother of Anas, was the mother of, of Anas. Uh, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, or the author mentioned, he's going back to the issue of the, the rose being close and the Imam being in the middle. The Shaykh said Habib Allah Ta'ala, so that which is befitting is that the rows are close to one another. He said it shouldn't be that there's a long distance between or a far distance between the Imam and the rows which are behind him. He said, uh, for example, the Imam should be in front of them and then there should be just enough space for them to make sujood. 
There should be just enough space for them to make sujood behind the imam. It shouldn't be uh, uh, long rows. And he said just a few meters, a few meters between the imam and the people that are praying behind him. And then the rows thereafter. The rows thereafter. So if there are, if there is more than one row, even the following rows, the same thing. It's just enough for them to make uh, sujood. Shouldn't be a far distance between the rows. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned the Imam being in the middle of the row. So he said, um, the Imam, what's befitting is that the Imam is in the middle of the row. Meaning the same amount of people or somewhat the same amount of people that are praying on his right are the same that are praying on his left. It shouldn't be that the people say, no, let's finish the complete right. People shouldn't say, let's finish the complete right. And then they begin to fill the left. No. The Sheikh said, for example, if, praying, if, if there are 10 people praying behind the Imam, so there should be close to 5 on his right and close to 5 on his left. Then he went back to the issue of the, the young boy and he said, um, the hadith of Anas. Um, so if uh, uh, a boy, he said, Habib Allah so if a boy reaches uh, a certain age, which is uh, seven or above, then this boy can, can pray in the row. Um, and he said, if, if the man, if, if the boy reaches the age of puberty, he's no longer considered a boy, he's considered a man. And he spoke about that issue already, about the boys praying behind uh, the imam. Then the author Rahimullah Ta'ala mentioned, if one individual prays alone behind the imam, the prayer is not correct, the prayer is not valid. Uh, the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, the proof for that is that it took place during the time of the Prophet wasallam that he saw a man do this. He saw a man pray alone uh, behind the row and the Prophet ordered him to repeat the prayer. To repeat the prayer. So if a person prays alone behind the, the Imam or in a row by himself, then the prayer is not accepted. Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, but there's an issue and that is if a person enters into the masjid, and the rows are filled. And he does not have any way to stand beside the Imam. So he tries to get to the, the right of the Imam, but he cannot reach that area. What does he do? Um, uh, the Shaykh said, you have some scholars who say that he does not begin his prayer. You have some scholars who say that that person does not begin his prayer because the salat of the person who prays alone behind the Imam is not accepted. But then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but you have the statement of Allah Ta'ala, Fattakullah um, Mistata'atum, the statement of Allah, where Allah says, Fear Allah to the best of your ability. And you likewise have the statement of the Prophet Wasallam, that which I have ordered you to do, do it to the best of your ability. And he said, so this is a disagreement amongst the scholars. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, he was of the opinion that if the individual enters into the masjid and the rows are filled and he cannot, there's not, even, there's not even a small amount of space for him to fit in between the congregation, nor can he reach the Imam, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, is of the opinion that uh, if the person fears that he's going to miss the prayer in congregation, then he can pray alone. And he can pray even by himself. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, this is the closest, uh, this is the strongest opinion. 
He said, this is the strongest opinion based on the births and based on the hadith of the Prophet this is the strongest opinion that the individual would pray Allah. Then the author went on to mention the affair of the congregation seeing the Imam. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, um, it's what's uh, befitting is that the people that are praying behind the Imam, that they can see him. This is good if they have the ability. But if they cannot see the Imam, then they should at least see someone who's praying with the Imam who can see the Imam. So either the person himself should see the Imam, but if he cannot, because of the distance of the rows, then he should pray. He should at least see someone who's watching the Imam. So even if it's the last row, Shaykh Mitzvah even if it's the last row, as long as you're seeing someone that can see the Imam, the prayer is accepted. Um, then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah for example, you might have a masjid that the rows are, are not even. Uh, there's some space in between the rows and the lights. What is important, if that's the case, then at least you should hear the Imam. Shaykh said, Habib Allah what's important is that at least you should hear the Imam. Uh, by way of the speakers and the like. So if you can, so the first is that you should see. If you cannot see, then you should see the Imam himself. If you cannot see the Imam himself, you should see someone who's following the prayer of the Imam. And if not, you should at least hear from the microphone. He said, for example, you have some masajids where the rows are more than 100 rows. But the people, so the people in the back cannot hear the imam, cannot see the imam, but at least they can hear the imam and they know when he's moving from position to position. It's, they are well aware when he's moving from position to position. Then the author Rahimullah mentions about if there's a road in between. And this road, Afwan, this road cuts the, the rows of, of the prayer. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah with regards to the rows, the, the road, if the road um, is outside of the masjid, he mentioned, uh, if it's a general road and it's outside of the masjid, then it's not correct for people to pray uh, behind that road. It's not correct. The prayer is not correct. He said, but if this road is within the masjid or the area of the prayer, and you have uh, groups of the congregation praying with the Imam, and you have groups praying behind. And the purpose of this road is not generally for people to walk, but it's for people to enter into the masjid. It's for people to enter into the masjid and to join the congregation, whether from the front or whether from the back, then their prayer is accepted. Their prayer is accepted. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah you have many masjids that are like that. You have many masjids that have in between, they have rows where people uh, enter into the masjid, they go to the front or they go to the back. If you pray behind this, there is no problem. Then the Shaykh mentioned, Habib, or the author Rahim Allah mentioned that the opinion of Al-Muwaffaq, and Al-Muwaffaq, he's Ibn Qudama, Rahim Allah he's the author of the book, uh, the fiqh book called Al-Mughni, and he's the author of a fiqh book called Al-Muqni', and he's the author of a fiqh book called Al-Kafi. These three books are all authored by Ibn Qudama, Rahim Allah He was of the opinion that this road does not break uh, the prayer, because there is no authentic, uh, no, because there's no authentic proof. 
because there's no authentic proof saying that uh, people praying behind this road would break the prayer. And the Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, that the opinion which was taken by Ibn Qudama Rahimahullah Ta'ala is the closest to that which is correct. It is closest to that which is correct as long as the people can still follow the Imam. As long as the people can still follow the Imam, whether they see the Imam or whether they hear him praying, whether they see him or whether they hear him praying and they're following him, then the Salah is, is correct. Then the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala goes on to the issue of that it's disliked for the Imam to be on a higher position than the congregation. That's what the author mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, uh, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. The Shaykh said, if there's a need for this, he said, if there's a need for this, then there's no problem. Uh, for example, if the Imam does this, so that the congregation can clearly see him praying. For example, if there's no microphones, if there's no speakers, and the Imam wants to make sure that the congregation can uh, see him praying, then there's no problem with the Imam being slightly elevated so that the congregation can, can see him. He said, and it actually took place from the time of the Prophet ﷺ that he prayed on a higher place than his companions, and the hadith is going to come. But the Prophet ﷺ prayed on a higher place than his companions, and it, when it was time to make sajda, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, backed up and he made the sajda, and then when it was time for him to stand, the Prophet ﷺ came forward and completed the rest of the prayer. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah so this movement in the prayer, um, as long as it's for the benefit of the prayer, there's no problem in this type of movement. In general, uh, these type of movements would invalidate the prayer. But because it's for the benefit of the prayer, then there's no problem in these types of movement as it's going to come later on uh, when we talk about the prayer of fear. Or the prayer that's conducted in a state of fear. We're going to, the Shaykh Habib or the author is going to mention uh, different types of movements that would not normally be allowed during the prayer. Then the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentioned uh, a narration of Ibn Mas'ud and Hudayfa where Hudayfa wanted to pray higher than the congregation. And when he wanted to do this, and he wanted to do it so that the people can see him. But when he wanted to do this, uh, Ibn Mas'ud came and he grabbed his lower garment. He grabbed his izah. And Ibn Mas'ud said, don't you remember that we, the, the Imam had, has been forbidden from doing such thing? And he remembered, yani Hudayfa remembered, and he came down. He prayed on the same level as the people. Um, then the issue of, uh, once again, the Imam being on something slightly above the congregation, because it was done by the Prophet that's it's there in the book, yani the Prophet he prayed on the minbar, and then when it was time to make sajda, the Prophet ﷺ backed up and prayed, made the sajda on the ground. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned the affair of the, the congregation being slightly elevated than the Imam. And there's no problem in this uh, as well, uh, because it was done by Abu Hurairah, it was done by the companion Abu Hurairah Then the Shaykh said Habib and it's the case presently, presently, our present day, it is the same thing. You have people that... People that are praying in the haram, uh, they're praying on the, 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 the second row, the third row, and maybe even higher. They're praying on the roof. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the religion is easy. And the Prophet said, make it easy and do not make it difficult for them. 
So the religion is easy. If they have to pray in the second row, up on the second floor or the third floor, or even the roof, so they, the congregation is higher than the imam, but the prayer is still accepted. Then the author mentions about the imam making the superior prayer in the same place that he's going to pray. In the same place that he's going to pray. The Shaykh mentioned it's not for the Imam or uh, the Shaykh Habibullah went to another issue and that was the Imam or other than the Imam after they finish the congregational prayer they should not make the Nawafal prayer in the same place they should not make the Spiritual prayer in the same place the same place uh, except that they speak or they move slightly move except that they speak or they slightly move um, it took place during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu um, It took place with one of the companions, Muawiyah uh, ibn Abi Sufyan. It took place with Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan that after the prayer, a man, a, a, a man stood up and began, immediately wanted to pray in the same place that he had already prayed the obligatory prayer. And Muawiyah said that uh, the Prophet forbade us from doing so. Except that we speak or we change, we, we slightly move away from the place. So the Shaykh said, Habibullah so the Imam, nor anyone else, they shouldn't pray the superiority prayer in the same exact place that they prayed the obligatory prayer, except that they speak, they, say, they make the sphere, they say SubhanAllah, or they move uh, the location. The author Rahimahullah mentioned the hadith of Mughira and um, the Shaykh said Abi Allah Ta'ala um, he's one of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu but then you had the statement of Ahmed Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal he said that I don't know this hadith uh, other than on the authority of Ali bin Abi Talib and the Shaykh said that Ali ibn Abi Talib he was with the Prophet Sallallahu more than the companion Mughira bin Shu'bah who was one of the he was placed as a leader over Iraq during the time of Umar bin Khattab um, then the author Rahimahullah mentioned that uh, it is not for the it's not for other than the Imam. It is not for other than the Imam to take a particular space uh, to allocate a particular spot in the masjid which he only prays in that spot. The Shaykh said, for other than the Imam, why? Because the Imam he would always pray in the front of the people. So his place, yes, it is allocated, it is for him. But other than the Imam, the person should not only pray in a particular place. The person should not pray only in a particular place. Um, now, Afwan, before that, there was a picture before that, and that was that the, the congregation should not move, they should not disperse, they should not leave the, the, the prayer area until the Imam has left. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, um, so it is not, it's befitting for the person who is being led by an Imam to get up before he gets up. But, um, so it's disliked, it's disliked. But with regards to making the taslim, with regards to making the taslim from the prayer, if the person makes the taslim before the Imam, the prayer is invalid. And he has to go back. Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, and he, uh, Afwan, not the prayer is invalid, but he has to go back, he has to enter into the prayer again, and he has to make the taslim with the Imam, and then after he makes the taslim with the Imam, he prays the, the, the sujood al-sahu. He makes the prostration for forgetfulness. So, go back again. If the person uh, forgets, 
uh, or the person is tired or the person is drowsy. So they accidentally make the taslim before the imam. They have to go back to the prayer and they enter into the prayer again. They make the taslim with the imam and when they finish they pray, the, they do the prostration for, for forgetfulness. Now, and then the Shaykh Habibullah Ta'ala and the author went on to mention the issue of uh, if a person enters into the masjid uh, and the Imam goes into Rukur, or if the person is being led in congregation and the Imam goes into Rukur, the person should not go into Rukur before the Imam, but they should wait. And likewise, when the Imam goes into sujood, the person should not go into sujood until they're sure that the Imam has gone into sujood. The Sahaba, عنهم, they mentioned that they would not move until they are sure that the Prophet went into the position. So, for example, if the Prophet went into sujood, the Sahaba would not move until they, show, they were sure that his face was on the ground. They would not move until they were sure that the face of the Prophet was touching the ground. The Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, you have some people, um, as soon as they hear the Imam say, Allahu Akbar, they immediately go into sujood. And some of them, they even make sujood before the Imam because they're quicker than the Imam. And this is incorrect. This is incorrect. The person um, should uh, condition themselves. They should condi- condition themselves that they do not move until they're sure the Imam has gone into the new, into the new position. Then he went back to the issue of a person choosing a particular place in the masjid. And the shaykh said, you have some people that enter into the masjid and uh, they like to pray at a particular place in the row. They shouldn't do so. They shouldn't do so. What they should do is, one day they pray in a particular place, the next day they pray in a different place. They should try to be close to the imam, but they should not always choose the same place to pray. They should not always choose the same place to pray. And it's befitting that they pray as much as they can close to the imam, but not making it a specific place to pray. No. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, the statement of the Prophet, or the fact that the Prophet Sallallahu for, for, forbade that um, the people uh, choose a particular place, like the camel. And he said, the camel, uh, when it leaves its, the, the, the farm or the barn or the lights, it goes out and it grazes, and then it, when it returns, the camel likes to go back to the same place it was previously. So that's why the Prophet Sallallahu forbid us, or forbade, that we do the same thing. And likewise, the Prophet Sallallahu forbade that we a person um, looks in the prayer that they look around like uh, like the, the fox and likewise that the person puts their forearms on the ground when they're in sajda they should not put their forearm, forearms on the ground like uh, the dog and the shaykh mentioned that the Prophet has forbade many actions of, of animals specifically the dog and may Allah has uh, uh, you know, uh, may Allah raise us all above that. That's what the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala. But the, these type of actions, the actions of a, of a camel, the actions of a, of a fox, the actions of a dog, these type of things the Prophet has uh, forbade that we do in our prayer. Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, we ask Allah uh, to give us perfection in performing this act of worship and that we are diligent in preserving it. And we ask Allah and He advised us, He advised us to increase in our subscribatory prayers uh, to the best of our ability. Uh, specifically, uh, we should take a portion of the night 
where we pray and we call on our Lord and we ask Allah for that which we desire. Uh, because the Prophet ﷺ mentioned there's a, part, there's a part of the night where if a person is standing calling on his Lord, Allah would answer that supplication. And the Shaykh said that portion of the night is very short. It's not a long portion of the night. And more, uh, more so, it's in the third part of the night when Allah descends to the last sky. So we ask Allah to forgive us, to have mercy upon us. And we ask Allah to give us tawfiq, the success to fulfill this act of worship. Um, and we ask Allah to give us success to seek nearness to Him in our arbitrary prayers. Preferably, and then the Shaykh mentioned the Hadith Al-Qudsi, where the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah said that my servant does not get closer to me than that which I have made obligatory upon him. And that my servant continues to come, uh, or my servant continues to gain nearness to me uh, with that which, uh, with Nawafir, with the subscribatory prayer. And then my servant continues to gain nearness to me until I become his hearing by which he hears and his sight by which he sees. The Shaykh said, so the person would only hear that which is pleasing to Allah. He would only look at that which is pleasing uh, to Allah. So the person would not listen to uh, backbiting, he would not listen to uh, uh, tail carrying, he would not listen to instruments that are displeasing to Allah. So his limbs would become limbs that uh, work toward that which is uh, pleasing to Allah. So we ask Allah uh, to make us, uh, no, we ask Allah, no, I didn't hear the last one, I didn't hear the last supplication. There's a correction that I want to make from last week. And that was the issue of uh, the Prophet ﷺ pulling one of his companions, Ibn Abbas, who prayed on the left, moving him to the right. And uh, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that the Prophet ﷺ moved him from, the, from behind. That's the hadith. And I made a mistake and I said, from the front or from the back? And what the Shaykh said, he said, even if the Imam, that the person's salat is correct, and the person who's being led in salat is correct, his salat is correct, even if the Imam is in front of him. So he's being pulled by the Imam from the back, but the Imam is in front, and then the Imam is on the side. So I wanted to correct that, it's being pulled from the back, not from the front or from the back. وليس معه رجل فإنه يقف وحده وتقف الواحدة خلقه وإن كان أكثر من واحدة تقف النساء صفا خلقه 
the individual is asking if a man is leading a female in the prayer, where does the female stand? For example, his wife, where does she stand? Beside him or behind him? The Sheikh said, if the, if the, the man is leading the female in the prayer, whether she is his wife or his mother or his sister or his daughter, then he would stand alone and she would stand behind him. And if it's more than one female, if it's more than one female, then he would stand alone and they would stand in their own row behind him. يسر السائل عن وجود النساء خلف الحاجز نعم فهن لا يرون الإمام أن السائدة صلت مع الجماعة وشين تدخل في باب حديث خير الصفوف النساء آخرها وشرها أولها في المكان آخر الرجال هو الأصلح بينما الرجال خير صفوفهم اوائلها وشر صفوفهم اواخرها المراه صار هناك حاجز لا يراها الرجال ولا يسمعون كلامها فكلما كانت متقدمه في الصف فهو افضل وانما التاخير والتقدم والتاخر اذا كانت تاخر من الرجال يصنعون تسبيحها وكلامها الى اخره. And of one, the best rows of the females are the last rows, and the worst are the the rows that are, the rows that are closer to the men. And the the best rows for the men are the first, and the worst are the last. Um, so the Sheikh said, Habib So if a woman is behind the barrier, if a woman is behind the barrier, and she cannot be seen or heard by the men, then it is better that she comes close. It's better that she comes close. To that barrier, but if there's no barrier, then it's better that she's far away. يقول السائل حبيبي حبيبي ملاك ترى ما حكم الصلاة بين أركان المسجد حيث يكون أحد الصفوف إحدى الصفوف جماعة بين ركنين. النبي نهى ان يصلى بين العمودين لكن لما يكون المسجد مزدحم ومملوء من الناس فلا حرج بشرط الا يصف واحد فقط بين العمودين وانما يصف اثنان فلا باس به عند عند الضرورات. السلام عليكم. The individual is asking what is the ruling on praying between the pillars 
um, if there is a role which is between the, the two pillars. The Sheikh mentioned Hadith Allah Ta'ala, the Prophet forbade that uh, the congregation is prayed between the pillars, but if the masjid is filled, the masjid is filled and there's no space, then there's no problem in uh, people praying between the pillars, but it should be more than one person. It shouldn't be one person praying between the pillar by himself. يقول سال حبيبكم الله تعالى في حديث ام حبيبه رضي الله تعالى عنها يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من صلى اربع ركعات قبل الظهر واربع ركعات بعد الظهر سوف يرفعه الله سوف يرفعه عن النار ويعصمه من النار او كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم هل هذه الركعات تلك الرواتب التي نصليها قبل الظهر وبعدها او هل هي ركعات غيرها من النوافل بعضها من الرواتب الرواتب المعروفة الثابتة في الأحاديث الصحيحة أنها ثنتا عشرة ركعة أربعا قبل الظهر وركعتان بعده هذه ست ركعات وركعتان بعد المغرب هذه ثمان ركعات وركعتان بعد العشاء هذه عشر ركعات وركعتا الفجر والحديث الصحيح والاخر الحديث الاخر وهو المثبت في اعداد المشي والصلاه عشر ركعات ركعتان قبل الظهر وركعتان بعدها وركعتان بعد المغرب وركعتان بعد العشاء وركعتا الفجر هذه عشر النبي لما ذكر من صلى عشر ركعات وفي لفظ تنتهي عشر ركعه تنتهي عشر ركعه بنى الله له بيتا في الجنه والحديث بالصيف فكلما كان العدد اكثر اربعا قبل الظهر اما التي بعد الظهر ركعتان والثانيه ليست من الرواتب لكنها نافله والله يقول ولا يزال عبدي يتقرب الي بالنوافل حتى احبه The individual is asking, uh, there's a hadith of Um Habiba anha, where the Prophet mentioned, where the Prophet mentioned whoever prays four units of prayer before Dhuhr and four units of prayer after Dhuhr, um, Allah would save him from the hellfire. Uh, or similar to that which he said, similar to that wording. Are these the rawatib? Are these related to the Dhuhr or any prayer of the day? The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Um, some of them are from the Rawatim. <laughs> المعنى يعني يفكر في الكتاب السؤال قبل ان يكتبه ثم ينظر ماذا يستغرق من المساحه حتى تحصل الفائده محصوره في الالفاظ فاسال الله ان يوفقنا جميعا لكل خير نعم. 
the, the Sheikh, I'll, I'll mention the advice, the Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, my advice uh, for the individuals that write your questions is that you gather your thoughts when you write your questions, you try to make them summarized. Um, because we don't have enough time to answer all of the questions. So the fact that you gather your thoughts and you try to uh, concise the, the speech, um, this would make it easier. So you should think about uh, saying words uh, which are summarized that give the meaning and at the same time try to uh, limit the amounts uh, of, of words that you write so that, so that we can benefit from the questions. The question is, um, in the hadith of Habiba radiallahu the Prophet said, whoever prays four units of prayer before Dhuhr, four units of prayer after Dhuhr, Allah would save him from the hellfire. Um, is this the rawatib or other? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, some of them are from the rawatib. That which is known is that uh, 12 units of prayer in the day. Four before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, two after Isha, two before Fajr. That's in Sahih Bukhari. There's another narration of, and this is, but there's another narration of the hadith which is present in Adab al-Mashi of Salat, which is 10 units of the prayer, two before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, two after Isha, two after, two before Fajr. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, um, and the wording of the hadith inside Bukhari is, whoever preserves 10 units of prayer in a day, Allah will build for him a place in Jinnah. And the Shaykh said, but the more you can do, for example, instead of two before Dhuhr, you do four before Dhuhr, it's better. Because of the hadith of the Prophet Allah said, My servant continues to come, or continues to gain nearness to me until I, with the spiritual prayer until I love him. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى يوجد في في معظم كتب الأطفال قصص غير حقيقية وقصص غريبة مثلا في بعض القصص تتكلم هناك الحيوانات والفواكه والخضروات وتستخدم هذه القصص لتعليم اللغة والنحو هل يجوز استخدام مثل هذه الكتب؟ ألا يمكن الاستفادة من غير هذه الكتب؟ إن تعويد الطفل على الصدق خير من تعويده على الكذب لأن هذا لا شك هذه التفاحة ما تعرفت تتكلم هذه كيف قالت كذا وكذا يثلف أشياء يمكن حتى يتربى تربية صدق لا تربية خرافات for example, you have stories with uh, the animals that speak and the fruits that speak and the vegetables that speak. Is it permissible? And these stories are used to teach children language and the likes and grammar. Uh, is it allowed to use such books? The Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, isn't it possible to benefit from other than these types of books? Um, because you, it's important that you raise your children to be honest. And it's better that you raise them to be honest than to raise them upon such books where it's their lives, they're built on lies, the, the fruits, the, the apples are talking. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so what's upon you is to raise the children upon honesty and not to raise them uh, upon such lies. ويقول السؤال حبيبكم الله تعالى نستخدم صور الحيوانات لتعليم الأطفال وأحيانا نضع هذه الصور على الجدار هل يكفي أن نتمس عيني الحيوانات على الصور لكي لا تعتبر وجها؟ ينبغي أن تجترب لا داعي إليها 
لا يمكن أن يستفاد إلا بهذه الصور نسأل في السابق يدرسون بدون صور ما كنا نعرف صور في الوقت السابق Assalamu alaikum. Individual is asking. Uh, we use um, pictures of children, uh, pictures of animals, uh, to teach our children. And sometimes we put these pictures on walls. Um, is it uh, enough? Is it sufficient enough for us to to wipe the eyes of these animals so that they are not considered a face? The Sheikh said, Habib Allah it's befitting that these are uh, avoided. Befitting that these are avoided. Can you not benefit from other than using these type of pictures? He said, in the past we used to study and we did not use these type of pictures. Um, we did not know these types of pictures. So it's befitting that they are avoided. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى ما توجيهكم نحو تعامل أبنائنا مع أقاربنا الذين هم على البدعة والضلال في الدين احرصوا على تثقيف أولادكم بالثقافة الشرعية الصحيحة فيما يتعلق بإخلاص العبادة لله وفي التنفير من البدع لكن بنوع من الرفق حتى لا تكون مسألة مسألة عداوات وشجرات وخاصمات وإنما لتحقيق الهداية لمن كانوا على ضلال والثبات لمن لم يكونوا على ضلال Individuals asking, how do we, um, what's your advice with regards to allowing our children to interact with our relatives who are upon innovation? The Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, you should be uh, vigorous in um, teaching your children uh, the correct beliefs. Uh, that which is related to sincerity, sincere, sincerity in the religion uh, and in all forms of worship and also abstaining from innovation but you should do so in a gentle manner you should do so with gentleness so that they don't learn hatred uh, and aggression um, so you should do so in a manner that brings about guidance for them and from those who they're interacting with. And likewise, um, guidance for those who are astray and firmness for those who are not astray. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى إذا دخل المصلي في الفريضة في وسطه ثم نسي عدد الركعات قد صلاها وكذلك نسي سجود السهو بعد صلاته فما الواجب عليه كيف يصنع إذا كانت صلاته ناقصة وكيف يصنع إذا زاد في الصلاة يعني إذا دخل المصلي في الفريضة ثم نسي عدد الركعات وكذلك نسي سجود السهو فماذا يفعل؟ أولا ينبغي أن يعود نفسه عند الدخول بهذه العبادة أنها ذات شأن لو كان يريد أن يبذل مبلغ من الريال من النقود استحضر ذهنه وفكره ولم يشهد عليه شيء من ذلك يوطن نفسه بالمرض ومع ذلك قد يحصل إذا شك هل صلى خمس 
ركعتين او اربع يبني على انها ركعتان ويكمل الباقي لو تكرر السهم يريد ان ياتي بالركعتين فنسي انها ركعتين نقص او زاد يعود نفسه بقدر المستطاع حتى ولو يجعل معه علامات تدل على العدد بحيث يضغط مثلا في جيبه حاجه اذا ادى ركعه وضع هذه الحاجه ثم اذا ادى الثانيه وضع If a person enters into the obligatory prayer and then they forget the number of units, and likewise they forget the, uh, the prostration for forgetfulness, what should they do? The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah, a person should condition themselves uh, that when they enter into the prayer, that they focus and they concentrate. If a person wanted to make some money, or they wanted to count some money, they would make sure that they focus and they concentrate. Um, they would make sure that they, nothing misses them. So this should be even greater. And even with that, it can take place that he forgets something. So if a person, for example, uh, prayed, they're not sure, they doubt whether they prayed two or whether they prayed four, they should make it the lower number. They should make it two. And then they should complete it. Uh, then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah is also possible that a person puts something uh, that allows him to remember. Like if a person has, has a, a bad memory. Uh, so what he does, if he, he puts, uh, for example, a piece of cloth or something that if he finishes one, and this is for a person that has very bad memory, if he finishes one unit, he puts it in his pocket. And he finishes another unit, he puts it in his pocket so that he would actually count, um, he would physically count how many units that he has completed. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى ما هو الأفضل ما هو أفضل كتاب يشرح أسماء الله وصفاته لا أستحضر الآن لكن بها الشيخ ابن الشيخ عبد المحسن اللي في المدينة شرح الأسماء والصفات اسمع الله جل وعلا حسنا ففي غيره بس الان ما لم مستذكر هذه الاشياء لكن ممكن اراجعها اللي عندي يعني خاصه لان كتابه الشيخ عبد الرزاق ابن الشيخ عبد المحسن ابن حمد العباد البدر جزاه الله خير تولى هذا الشيء ونفع الله ونفع كبير the individual is asking what's the best book which explains the names and attributes of Allah and the Shaykh mentioned I don't remember specifically a book right now but there is a book uh, which is authored by the son of Shaykh Abdul Musan al-Abbad and al-Madina uh, and his name is Shaykh Abdul Razak um, so he said but I don't remember specifically another book but I would uh, check and I would let you know but that which I remember is the book by uh, Abdul Razak and Abdul Musan al-Abbad and al-Madina uh, it's a good book and many people have benefited from it. No. He said he put it into two volumes. Uh, he put this book actually into two volumes where he explained the names and the attributes of Allah.
أول نحمد الله جل وعلا على ما يسر من اجتماعنا هذا ونسأل الله جل وعلا أن يجعلنا موفقين في كل ما عملنا كما أسأل جل وعلا في أن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن يعاجل بالفرج كل جماعة مسلمة حركة الإسلام أو بلاد إسلامية تظلم في بلادها وأرضها نسأل الله أن يعاجلهم بالفرج وأن يوفقهم للتوبة وأن ينصرهم على عدوهم في كل مكان في الشام وفي العراق وفي الدول العربية اللي حصل فيها ما حصل وفي شرق آسيا وفي كل مكان يبقى هذا المسلمون فيه نسأل الله أن يعاجلهم بالفرج وأن يوفقهم لصدق التوبة والإخلاص لله كما نسأل جل وعلا أن يخص الدولة النصيرية الباطنية لعقوبات متوالية وأن يزن مثل هذه العقوبات على من ينصرها من رافضة أو شيوعية أو غيرها كما نسأل جل وعلا أن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها ورطب وأن يفصل بلادنا هذه ويحفظها من كل شر وأن يوفق ولي أمرنا للمحافظة على العقيدة وحمايتها وصيانة الأخلاق الإسلامية وصد عادية من يدعون الناس إلى التغرب والتحلي عن الأخلاق الإسلامية والآداب الإسلامية كما نسأل جل وعلا أن يوفق ولي أمرنا بأمر بالسعر المتواصل لبسط الأمن والأمان لكل من يدخل هذه المملكة ويريد البقاء فيها وأن يجازيه على ذلك بعز الدنيا وفوز الآخرة كما نسأله لنا جميعا بالفوز بالدخول الجنة والنجاة من النار إنه سبحانه وتعالى مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. Uh, in our deeds, we ask him to give might to Islam and the Muslims, this debate, disbelief and the disbelievers. Ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims who have been oppressed. Uh, the Muslims and the Muslim lands that are being oppressed, we ask Allah to give them uh, ease. And we ask Allah to give them success to make sincere repentance. Um, and we ask Allah to give them victory over their enemies, those who are being oppressed in Syria, Iraq, and the other Muslim lands, East Asia, and all other lands, we ask Allah to give them uh, quick ease, and um, ask Allah specifically for the, the Nusayriya land to give them continuous punishments, and those who are supporting them to punish them from amongst the Rawafid and the Communists and others, we ask Allah to protect us from the trials and tribulations, that which is apparent and that which is hidden, and we ask Allah for this country, 
to protect us from all evil and to give the, the, the rulers uh, the ability to protect the Islamic uh, creed and the Islamic character and to stop and prevent those who are calling the Muslims to become westernized in their character and in their beliefs. And we ask Allah to give him constant success in protecting the religion and to assist those who enter into the country and who would like to stay. And we ask Allah to give us success in this life and in the next. And we ask Allah to enter us into his paradise and to protect us from the hellfire. Very Allah is the one to answer the call. And our last application is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the world. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon his Prophet Muhammad, his family and companions.